we're turning our Bibles, please, to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John in chapter 19. We were in these verses last week and we'll read through them. And again, the Gospel of John in chapter 19. And we're turning to the verse 23. This evening we come to the penultimate cry of the cross of Calvary. And the one before the last, which is it, is finished. The Gospel of John, please. And the chapter 19 and the verse 23. And this is the word of the Lord. And it reads, Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts, to every soldier a part, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, and they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture, and they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by, whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was a set there was set a vessel full of vinegar, and they filled a sponge with vinegar, and put it upon Hesop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. We trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to reach of our hearts. We return this evening to our little series, Crosswords, the Christ from the Cross of Calvary. Seven, seven cries there were on that day, each cry filled with depth and meaning. And this evening we come to the sixth of the cries, it is finished. One of the many great projects in American history was the building of the transcontinental railway line which would unite the, the, the country from the Atlantic to the, to the Pacific. And the outset of the work, it was, at the outset of the work, there were lots of difficulties that they were going to face. Uh, one of them being that there was a lack of funding to start. Uh, and in one period, the undertaking had to be halted until promoters could secure the necessary finance to get this railway building to carry on. And the news came through that that hurdle had been overcome and there was great rejoicing because they were able to continue building this track that would connect both coasts. Finally the day arrived when the last reel was to be laid and uh, they had reached the point of the borderline between New Mexico and Colorado. And it was to be an outstanding event and there was the piece of wood and they got the, the few nails that they were going to nail into this piece of wood and they invited the two governors from both states and they came along and it was an occasion and all the cameras and everything was there and they both, they took the hammer and they nailed these nails into the final part of the railway and there was great jubilation and there was great celebration, there was a victory cry, the people were delighted 
that this had finally been completed. Dear friends, tonight we know of another day when our spikes were driven into a rough wooden cross through the hands and feet of the Lord Jesus. It was on that day that there was also a triumphant cry. You see, the cry that we read in God's Word tonight, it is finished. It's a cry of triumph. It's a cry of celebration. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ was aware that the task that he had been sent to do had been accomplished. He was sent by the Father with a mission to fulfill. And Christ had entered in our place and he was bearing the punishment for our sin. The Son of God had been made man and he lived a life of perfection and total self-denial. He was despised and rejected by men. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. His enemies had been many as he lived. His friends had been few, and of those few friends, many of them were faithless in the end. He was delivered over to the hands of those who hated him. He was arrested while in the act of prayer. And he was accused both before spiritual and temporal courts. He was robbed in mockery, and he was unrobed in shame. He he was set upon a throne in scorn, and then they tied him to a pillar in cruelty. He was declared innocent in from his father and the burning thirst that we spoke of last week. That was all now finished. Thankfully his suffering had come to an end. You know the evening, there's those of us here who are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting him as Savior. And for different reasons and in a different way, maybe you come into this place and you suffer this evening. Well, let me tell you, dear child of God, that one day that suffering will come to an end. And one day it will be finished as well, because of that cry that was cried that day at Calvary. Whatever you face today, whether it's our own impending death, or an emotional burden that you just can't handle, let me remind you that someday it will finish. To the woman whose husband has abandoned her, to the child whose father mistreats them, to the person suffering with a terminal illness, to all these we say those wounds will come to an end. Because one day we will stand in eternity forever. These bodies will be made perfect. God's word says when we see him, we shall be like her. And that's a beautiful thought. And sure the Lord, he promises that he will give us the grace to get through each day, whatever your burden is this evening. Keep trusting him. Think of the suffering he went through at Calvary. He cares and he knows. And dear child of God, you keep trusting. One day, one day for you, that trial that you go through now will be over. And the trial of this life will be over. And sin will be no more. What a wonderful thing for the child of God to learn from the cross of Calvary this evening. To say, here it is finished. If you're not saved tonight, let me tell you, that could be your experience. You could live in the hope, and a blessed hope, and a true hope that one day you'll be with the Lord Jesus forever. And and the trials of this life will be over, but you have to be ready. You have to put your trust in him now. Otherwise that hope cannot be yours. Dear child of God, the suffering one day will be over. And as Christ cried at his death, the suffering was over. 
But I want you also to see that his task was finished. less finished. It was a servant's word, you know. The, the servants and slaves used this word. A master would tell his servant to go and do something. And when the servant had completed his task, he would come back and he would say, Tedlestai, I've finished the work that you gave me to do. The Lord Jesus, was he not God's suffering servant? In Philippians chapter 2, Paul tells us this. He took the form of a servant. He didn't come as a sovereign, but he came as a servant. He didn't come as a ruler, but he came as the redeemer. And from the highest heaven, he came to the lowest earth. From sovereign of all, he came and he was servant of all. Don't we often sing down from his glory, ever living story, my God and Saviour came. And Jesus was his name. The Lord Jesus had work to do. And speaking in anticipation of the cross, he said in John 17 verse 4, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. The sacrifice has been offered. It was finished. For you see, Tedlestai is also a priest's work. You see, the Jewish people had to bring their sacrifices to the priest to be examined because it was against the law to offer an imperfect sacrifice at the altar of God. And so when the devout worshipper brought to the priest the lamb, the lamb it had to be without blemish, without fault. And the pride of the flock, and the priest would admiringly look at the animal, and he would say, Tetelestai, it's perfect. And when the Lord Jesus died on the cross, he was God's perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And do you know that many testified to the sinlessness of Christ in his life? He was the perfect sacrifice. You know, when the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized, when he was baptized, God the Father spoke from heaven. And this is what God the Father said. He said, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I want to tell you something else. Not even heaven, not only heaven declared him as perfect, but the demons from hell declared him as perfect. I know this because I read in Mark chapter 1 and verse 24, this is what the demons said to the Lord Jesus when they came in him to his presence. They said to him, I know who thou art, the Holy One of God. The demons declared him as the perfect Lamb of God as well. And men declared him as perfect. Because Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. Even Judas said, I have betrayed innocent blood. Heaven find no fault in him. Hell find no fault in him. Earth find no fault in him. Let me ask you, dear friend, tonight. You haven't come to Christ. Why not? What fault do you find in him? He is perfect. He is your perfect replacement at Calvary. He was your substitute there. And all he does tonight, and he says to you, come, for all things are now, are now ready. The sacrifice has been offered. I've done the work for you. What fault, dear friend, do you find with Christ? Do you realize he's the only perfect sacrifice for your sins? Do you realize he's the only one who can stand for you in heaven? The sacrifice has been offered. I want you to see the picture has been completed as well. For the artist's work was less than as well. 
When the artist had put the finishing touches to a vivid landscape, he would stand back and he would admire his masterpiece. And then he would say, Teclestai, it's finished. The picture is completed. No more needs done to it. And when the Lord Jesus Christ finished, he completed the picture and he turned on the light. He had to put the finishing touches to the Old Testament revelation. The Old Testament was God's picture gallery in shadows. It pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ. You read through it and all it does is point to the Savior and point to the Savior. And it was shadows and though these types and shadows and prophecies the picture, it was completed at Calvary. And the Lord Jesus said, It is finished. Ted Lestai, it was the servant's word. It was the priest's word. And it was an artist's word. And I want to tell you it was a merchant's word. Because it speaks of a debt that has been paid. Cancel. The merchants used this word. To them it meant the debt is fully paid. Ted Lestai. You see, what happened was this. If you purchased something, the merchant merchant would take your money and then he would give you a receipt. And that receipt would say, Ted Lestai, it is finished. The debt has been paid in food. Do you realize that as a sinner, you're in debt to God? Do you recognize that you cannot pay this debt? You or I were not capable of paying this debt. If we had all eternity, we would never be able to pay the debt for our sin. But one has paid your debt. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he went to the cross of Calvary. You and I, we've broken God's law. We are spiritually bankrupt. We could never pay the price. And do you know what the Bible says? The wages, what we deserve for our sin is, it says the wages of sin is death. But thank God Christ came and paid the debt for your soul. And what a great announcement this was at Calvary when Christ cried and is finished. He said the task is finished. The perfect sacrifice has been offered. The picture has been completed. The debt has been paid. His suffering was finished. His task is finished. Let me tell you something else. Satan is defeated. It is finished. Jesus affirmed it. He says in John chapter 12 and verse 31, Now is the time for judgment in this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. The sentence has been passed. And he executed it there at the cross. Satan was defeated. You know how I wish in that day we could have put a video camera to record the drama of all that went on in the spiritual world in that day at Calvary. You see, a battle was fought at the cross. The devil was there. God was there. Christ was there. And our sins were there. And you know Paul's words, this is what he writes, he says, having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them, triumphing over them by the cross. Picture the courtroom scene. God is there in the courtroom. And he knows better than we do about our, the extent of our sins and our guilt. And the devil's there, he's the great accuser. And he shows up and he makes a case against you. And he reminds God that the wages of sin is death. They don't deserve it. They shouldn't be going, they shouldn't even be offered the opportunity to go to heaven. And he tells God quite possibly, plausibly, that you and I, we would defile the courts of heaven. We shouldn't be there. We would ruin the place. We're sinners. 
And no sin should be in heaven. And the devil says they don't deserve to be there. And the evil one, he, he argues that we should be left to die without hope. And then Christ enters the scene. And Paul says that he decrees that there were that there are lots of things against us, but they were nailed to the cross. The sin, your sin, my sin, nailed to the cross of Calvary. In those days when a criminal hung on the cross, his crime had to be publicly proclaimed. The list of transgressions was written on a little placard, and it was nailed above the dying man. And Pilate had a notice that was above the Lord Jesus, and it said, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, that's what was fastened to the Saviour's cross, indicating the crime that the Lord was accused of. But with this imagery, Paul used, used this to help us understand the death of Christ in our behalf. Paul wanted us to imagine that high above where Pilate's words were was a bulletin board listing all the things, the wrong things that you have done, or that I have done. And you know what that mid-center cross, when you looked at that little placard, I can say tonight that my sins would have been listed there. And you know, Christ paid for every single one of them. And he shed his blood for every single one of them. And dear friend, you could think of your sins, the wrong things that you've done to offend the Holy God. And the accusation could be put above the cross. And Christ, your substitute, paid the price for your sin. Only Christ knows the extent and severity of the penalty that was incurred that day. But let me tell you, when Christ said it is finished, see that sin of yours? It was paid for in full. The penalty credited to us was cancelled. And Christ paid it for you. Our debt was paid so completely that no further payment will ever become to you. God's, God strips away Satan's arguments in the courtroom and he pronounces you as forgiven. You see, that's the thing. Christ stands in your place. The perfect Lamb of God. And he says to you tonight, I took your place. All you must do is come. He says that you can be forgiven. He says that that guilt that, 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 that causes you to lose sleep and then from that thing you've done in the past, you can be free from the guilt of your sin. You, you can be free from the punishment of your sin if you'll only trust him. Dear friend, tonight you've nothing to pay. This is a free gift that you receive. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When Christ said it is finished, we read this in Matthew 27, 51. We read that the veil of the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom. What did that mean? You see, it tells, speaks of us, it speaks to us about the way to God was open for sinners. The hymn writer puts it very well. There's a way back to God from the dark paths of sin. There's a door that is open that all make a way. At Calvary's cross is where you begin when you come as a sinner to Jesus. The book of Hebrews explains this completed salvation. For there of the Lord Jesus it says, This man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever sat down at the right hand of God. What's the significance of that? The Lord Jesus, he was buried. He rose from the dead. He returned to heaven to glory. And he sat down 
because the work was finished. I want to tell you something. See, in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle, there were no chairs by the way, because the work of the priest was never finished. But the Lord Jesus Christ sat down on the right hand of God because he had completed the payment for your sin is paid in full and nothing more needs to be done. Calvary is the sum total of what needs to be done to provide salvation. Calvary has the sacrifice that finishes all sacrifices for sins. Something happened at Calvary that never needs to be and never can be and never will be repeated. Dear unconverted friend, dear friend that I'm in the leader, Christ has taught everything. Necessary to accomplish your redemption. The work is finished. The price is paid. The blood is shed. The way is open. And all you have to do is come. Let me plead with you another Sunday evening. We come to the closing moments of our meeting. Let me plead with you, please. Please don't leave at another moment again. Maybe you don't understand everything. Well, listen, the message is simple. You and I are sinners. And because we're sinners, we could never stand in heaven on our own merits. But Christ went to the cross and took the punishment for your sin and mine. And all he says to you tonight is, Come believing and bow the knee. Acknowledge that you're a sinner. Thank him for dying on the cross for you. And dedicate your life to him. Dear friend, tonight I plead with you. Don't walk out of here again without knowing Christ as your saviour. Let me tell you, maybe you'll get home. And it could be that the Spirit of God will continue to speak to you. Maybe you'll be standing at work tomorrow. The Spirit of God could continue working in your heart. I want to tell you that if you pray the sinner's prayer and come into Christ for the first time, I'll tell you, I'll hear that prayer wherever you are. Wherever you are.